That's all right. Hey, don't worry about it. Jeff goes into a shame spiral. We have to buoy his ego. <laughs> we are back. Wait, wait, hold on. You're laughing at you. <laughs> Welcome to Mount Rushmore. I'm Jeff, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friends Michael. Hello. And Richard. Howdy. Richard and Michael are always at each other's throats, always arguing, always debating the top four of any given topic, the things that best represent that topic. This week, the topic chosen by Richard is awful slash annoying characters in otherwise good movies. Richard, why'd you choose it? I'm sure I was watching some movie, and a, a character that I just drove me nuts came up, and I just thought... This is something we need to get into. Yeah. So I like. So basically, it's 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 the Michael, as you know, wrestling. It's the go away heat. The okay. X, the X pack heat. All right. Yeah. It's like when the crowd's booing somebody. Like in wrestling, they're booing someone. They're not booing them because they're a bad guy. They're booing them because they just legitimately don't want to see them anymore. <laughs> so these are characters who have that kind of that kind of elicit that sort of reaction. I ran with that in a similar way where I just interpreted it like. Characters that are either purposefully annoying or just happen to be annoying as either a character trait right. uh, in an otherwise, you know, really fantastic movie. And maybe they made it made the movie more fantastic or maybe it just kind of took you out of it a little bit. We'll see where it right. goes, I guess. It's rock and roll. Yeah. Okay, Richard, you chose it. Michael, you start. Uh, my first one is uh, the character of Lena Lamont in uh, the movie Singing in the Rain. Oh, yeah. A classic <laughs> that we all know. Yeah. Uh, played by Gene Hagen. And this was the character that was like the idol star of, you know, uh, along with uh, Don Lockwood, the Gene Kelly character. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they were great in the silent movies together and they could overact and and she was this great beauty. And she had, you know, she was the, the studio's big starlet. Yeah. And then all of a sudden uh, the jazz sing the jazz singer became popular and talkies mm-hmm. suddenly uh Damn you, damn you, Al Jolson. <laughs> what was annoying about her? Well, she had she had two aspects. One, as just as a human being, she was kind of a bad, needy, very kind of mean-spirited person. But the annoying quality was definitely her portrayed voice, yeah. which she had a very like uh, New Jersey, yeah. really heavy New York accent <laughs> that just couldn't get over uh, on the big screen. Uh-huh. And, you know, I think both her and Don were like terrible actors at first because when they were first recording their voices and acting, it was very, it was very Theatrical. melodramatic. Yeah. And, uh, but then when she spoke, she spoke in this voice that was very up here, and she would say things like "I can't stand him," yeah. <laughs> and like everyone hated her. Yeah, right. Uh, the funny thing about her was that she was actually a great singer. Yeah, and she actually dubbed the. Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds singing for a couple of the songs. Yeah. Hmm. And then even though her character was supposed to have dubbed. Be dubbed in. Be dubbed over. in by. So it was yeah. Gene uh, Hagen dubbing Debbie Reynolds, dubbing Gene yeah. Hagen. So Gene Hagen's just singing. Yeah. And Debbie Reynolds is pretending <laughs> to be singing for Gene Hagen. Yeah. It's you, like a Victor Victoria thing, except with just music. But she had she had like a, a nice dual quality. You know, you could almost forgive the annoying voice. Yeah. It's. Okay, maybe that's how she grew up, and she she can't change the way she speaks. But mm-hmm. then she had just another like kind of more vicious, vindictive quality. Yeah, that kind of the two of those together really kind of you know it didn't it both stuck in the knife and then turned it a mm-hmm. little bit. So this isn't a character, unlike we might hear from Richard, that seems to float like a turd in 
the otherwise good ensemble or story, she very much propels the story because she's part of the problem and they're part of the solution. Yeah, eventually yeah. she becomes kind of the antagonist to yeah. the, uh, you know, the um, the Kathy Selden character, mm -hmm. where she she's put up as the roadblock and the studio uh, execs want to make sure that she's appeased. And, you know, ultimately she gets yeah. her comeuppance at yeah. the end of the movie. You know, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by um, teams. And there are some, in the case of Singing in the Rain, uh, Debbie Reynolds was actually pretty new to the business. But Donald O'Connor and Gene Kelly are some of the most phenomenally talented people you're ever going to see on the screen in the history of film. Yeah. Right. And this Gene Hagen character, she really just kind of commits the sin of, being not a very good performer in, <laughs> in 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 an era of film where you didn't really have to be a good performer at all. So, yeah. and, and she she oh, could oh, uh, Lena Lamont. the character yeah yeah, yeah sorry. not Gene Hagen Gene, yeah. yeah yeah Lena Lamont and she she did poorly the one thing you never had to do which was talk or sing on ca on yeah, th camera things tended not to go well for a lot of the talky females of the day who had you know, Brooklyn yeah. accent yeah. and Mary Prevost and stuff like yeah. that, you know, when I'm getting eaten by your dog and then written <laughs> about by Nick Lowe. Nobody which, wants that. Which was the, there was one of those cowboys, it was Tom Mix or somebody who actually had a New Jersey accent. <laughs> was it? So he had to pretty much give up the, the Western business when they started recording audio. Well, I'm a cowboy. <laughs> have you seen, have you seen a uh, Hail Caesar? Oh yeah, yeah. No. Where the, um, oh God, what's that? The Aiden Emmerich? Yeah, the new Han yeah, Solo. Yeah. He plays a character who was had to do that same thing. He was he had a Western accent. Uh -huh. or he, was, he was you know some good old boy from Oklahoma or Texas. Yeah. And then they're they're gonna reimagine him into a like a leading man role. Right. Oh where yeah. He was yeah. very sophisticated and he had to try to get these lines out. And he just everyone was just mangled. And, oh yeah. And the uh, um the Ray Fiennes, Ray Fiennes. <laughs> uh, director was just very so. Uh, could you just. It can't, and I can imagine like Lila Lamont, like they had to do the same thing with her. You know, they went, it took them to diction classes and she, oh, yeah. she couldn't understand. She thought she sounded great. Yeah. But then you're watching her, you know, at home and you're just like, oh my God, it's so piercing and so just like excruciating. And you can imagine like, I think also like Don, the, the, the Gene, Ke Gene Kelly character at Don Lockwood, like was frustrated working with her just in general. I think the studio was trying to push them as a couple and she was all, in on it and he mm -hmm. just he couldn't stand yeah her. yeah she, he was trying to reinvent the form and she was barely keeping up with the old school way of doing things so that was one you know I, both singing in the rain and uh white christmas both had uh, a scene that i find annoying in both of those i know it's not annoying scenes but when they kind of ins insert like like the modern yeah. ja jazz number like yeah. in white christmas they do like this the mod like the mm -hmm. That modern jazz number right in the middle of like their big Christmas show. Yeah. And then I think they did the same thing in like Singing in the Rain too, where he's like, well, we should do this modern thing. Yeah. It's just like Moses. I saw Moses. <laughs> I tell Moses. It, it, it's so dated, just like when they tried to rap in a movie from 15 years ago when white people tried to rap. <laughs> Here they are trying to adopt a uh, an urban culture that they fails through their interpretation of it. Richard. Okay, so my first one, I went with going a slightly different direction, characters that kind of take you out of the movie. Mm. But also one that's kind of annoying, I think, is Fabian from Pulp Fiction. Butch is, Butch is, uh, no, her. Oh, her, oh, sorry. Butch yeah. is oh, yeah, uh, yeah. girlfriend yeah. or wife or whatever she is. Oh, okay. And just that whole conversation is just like... Yes, Ew. some inappropriate um, 
references to mongoloidism. Is that and what getting I mean? punched in the be- po- yeah. getting punched in her pot belly? I mean, it's a it's an awkward scene. Yeah, and you- I think there's just something about her as a character that is just and very annoying. And then of course she's the the person who screws up and doesn't get the watch. Yeah, and winds up setting the whole chain of events mm-hmm. in place. It winds up, you know, Benny Vega getting killed and yeah. Marcellus getting, you know, butt raped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, there, there is just something about that character. They just set you off. And maybe, yeah, there was like it tr- triggered me. <laughs> triggered. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> No. She, she in Richard hates the French, hates cute French girls, <laughs> right. hates cute pot bellies. I I remember watching and thinking, oh, is this who Tarantino was sleeping with when he did the movie? Yeah, because there's definitely a part. There definitely felt like that. Yeah, Eric Stoltz's girlfriend was a little annoying too, as I recall. Didn't he have an annoying girlfriend in there? Yeah, he did. Yeah, wife or his wife. It was uh, I'm totally blanking on this, but the one with all the piercings, right? The one, the one with all the shit in her face. What was it Arquette? Yeah, it was Patricia Arquette, wasn't it? Or not? Or Roseanne Arquette? Or Roseanne Arquette? Thank you. It's an Arquette. It's an Arquette. What? Uh, so is it? It's not just her as a performance. The dialogue that they share. Yeah, I mean, it's it 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 feels like it's from some weird mo- other movie, mm-hmm. and it's just like all this other cool shit is happening, and you want to get back to mm. all these other characters that yeah. are incredible and action that's happening. Mm-hmm. And then there's this like five minute long scene where where she's talking about wanting a pot belly, which may or may not be a I guess is that is that supposed to be like she wants to get pregnant? Is that I what that think, means? I think she she wants to have the appearance of the pot belly without actually being pregnant. But it's it's a strange moment of calm in the movie. They don't have many of them. Right. There's there's only a couple where maybe when when he's you know high and driving, when it's kind of calm and dreamy, and then that's that's the only other really calm moment before things kind of go crazy. Right. And I think. Also, she's probably one of the few characters who just seems really naive and dumb in the movie, in a way that seems really out of out of out of out character, of out of yeah. character for for Tarantino characters. Yeah. I do because th- everyone else in the movie is like even the bad guys or the dumb characters are smart. Yeah, they all seem torn from pulp right. novels, and but she might have been the kind of the gun mall or the dim-witted uh, broad. The dame. She's flown. It's like she's flown in from another movie. Yeah, and she's also in a loop. scene with the guy who's an archetype himself. The, that's the true. Prize fighter. Yes, know? that's true. Yeah, so that seems weird. Okay, cool. Well, the, I love how different those choices uh, <laughs> definitely are. So, um, but it's clear that you get the misogyny runs thick in this podcast so far. We're just annoyed by women in general. Well, I'll keep it going because I have um, Willie Scott from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom also on my list. Oh, oh good. wow. Uh, she is such a stark contrast to Miriam in the second movie. Right. Uh, Miriam is kind of a more strong-willed and, uh, you know, kind of pulled herself up by her own bootstraps sort of character who took over after her dad passed away and kind of raised herself a little bit and, you know, was involved with India's when he was an older man and kind of, she's very worldly. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden they introduced the, Kate Capshaw as Willie Scott, who from the moment you meet her is just complaining about everything. She's complaining about the holes that he's poked in her dress and burning her fingertips and dropping Indy's gun because it's too hot. I think that's the first instance of like anti-Chekhov's gun. Right. (laughs) Where where it doesn't come back later in the movie. Yeah. 
Um, she's complaining about uh, the pittance of food that's offered to her mm-hmm. by the Indian tribe and the way the elephant smells. <laughs> and she's complaining about the food that she does get at the Maharaja's palace. And she's complaining about Indy not paying attention to her, then complaining about it. Like she just const- she is such a constant force of, oh my God, can't he, couldn't she have just, yeah, not, she didn't really add much to, I mean, she did save their life, I guess. Yeah. But she does seem kind of, she could scream. On the continuum of... She was a good... She could... She's A she plus a screamer. Yeah, yeah. On the continuum, though, she's not a female Nazi, which is... That's <laughs> true. That's, that's, <laughs> you're right. Check marking. Not a female Nazi, not a uh, Soviet. Yeah, not a Soviet. Not a... Uh, um, oh, who's the kid? Mutt? Yeah. <laughs> she not does seem like something out of screwball comedy, uh, a character out of screwball comedy versus an adventure... Uh, which uh, Mary Ravenswood would be right, or a yeah. war picture? Which yeah, is a, was she trying to like? Was she trying to? Was it? I felt like it was an attempt to do like the uh, the road one of the road picture, like oh yeah, lead female like a Dorothy Lamore, like a Dorothy Lamore type uh-huh. thing. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what they were going for with her. But it's kind of to me, it's like they already had the sidekick character there in Short Round, mm-hmm. who we can argue whether or not possibly belongs on this list. No, Short Round was great. I would argue against that. I would too. I know there were some people when doing when I was researching this that oh, felt really? otherwise. Hmm. Now that uh, Temple of Doom is Spielberg's divorce movie, right? So do you think his wife at the time was it Amy Irving or yeah, Amy Irving was just complaining about everything all the time? <laughs> so he just wrote every time she <laughs> bitched right. Amy yeah. the screenplay. Well, and then and then he ended up marrying her. No, yeah. no, no. You think Kate Capshaw? No, I know. Oh, but what? I mean, I mean, Spielberg eventually oh, married, right. yeah. married Kate Capshaw. Yeah. So wonder if. He wrote her as his, <laughs> as his ex-wife and then... Exorcised. And then, then when it was like, all right, well, I'll just marry this one. Yeah. Uh, and re- then they served primate uh, <laughs> parfait at the wedding. So that brings us halfway to the subject of this week, Annoying Characters, otherwise pretty good movies. And we don't want to annoy you by asking you this all the time, but I'm going to ask you to download, rate, and review past and present episodes on iTunes Go on our Facebook page and have a chat with us, dialogue with us. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Like the Facebook page and let us give give us your suggestions for future episodes. We'd really appreciate it if you follow us out on the Twitter, Mount Rushmore Podcast, and Instagram. Same thing. We are back in black. Hit the sack. Been gone so long. It's good to be back. Richard, what's your third? All right. So my third one is Mickey Rooney. Yes. Every movie ever, Mr. Yunioshi. Oh God! Breakfast at Tiffany's. So this this is where the awful character comes oh, in. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, this, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, this is. I'm, I'm feeling your vibe here. Feeling the vibe on this. What one? you were thinking about? Okay. Yeah, this. I think we all. If you've seen this movie, we know who you're. You know who we are talking about. This is Mickey Rooney in yellow face, do in buck teeth, and big glasses. Yeah, playing a the most stereotypical Japanese. Yeah. Person like Jer- possible. Jerry Lewis would be, oh, dude, please, you're <laughs> take, doing, yeah, you're, take, take it, it down, down a little bit. <laughs> the movie's fantastic, otherwise, and I, it's the character didn't need to be in there. Character didn't need to be Japanese. If you needed that character, you could have just had Mickey Rooney playing a white guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there was nothing inherently Japanese about what he needed to be mm-hmm. to advance the plot or anything mm-hmm. like that. So, do you? Know that was the character in the book. It was a book first. Right? Yeah, it was a novella. Was he? Uh, was he Japanese in the yeah, book? Yeah, he was Japanese in there. Okay. It was a, he's, 
a Japanese photographer. Okay. So I suppose, but again, it's the movies. You could make him not be. I don't think there's anything about him having to be Japanese. And there were more char- subtle characterizations. Although Brando in Tea House of the August Moon played a very broad character, uh, Asian character. So like... If Mickey, Brando's doing it, if Brando's Mickey's doing, doing it. Mickey Rooney can you do could, it, baby. You, I, I do think that movie could have suffered from other unfortunate stereotypes of a gay hustler. Well, there's that too, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But so I maybe or Buddy Epson. <laughs> yeah, so as maybe a stereotype as a stereotype. Somehow so Buddy Epson. Maybe it's getting credit um, for not going there on some other cases. I but suppose. Yes, I mean, it stinks up the movie. Oh, and it's something that you know. I know there are some. Pro- there've been protests when this movie is people when they've wanted to show it, like at you know movies at the park night. There've been yeah. Asian American groups that protested saying. Why are you showing this movie with this horrible racist yeah. character? You know what? In counter to Mickey Rooney's horrible dated portrayal, you have Audrey Hepburn, who is timeless in every way, right? In her classic beauty and her style, and she is the muse of college girls all over the world, right? And she's, that, yeah, she's the equivalent. The picture, the poster of her from Breakfast at Tiffany's, is the equivalent of of like uh, the Scarface poster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Star Wars Wars poster or something like that. Yeah. It's every college girl's like dream of being this classy pearl wearing uh, cigarette. (laughs) Nobody dreams of being George Pappard. No. (laughs) Or the cat. Or, yeah, and certainly nobody dreams of a Mr. Go Right, we will go now. (laughs) I mean, I, I, Behind the curtain a little bit, we uh, did a couple of pilot episodes tests, and one of them was worst accents. Oh, yeah. And I think this is one we talked about. It, oh, was, it? it wasn't even like, I mean, it's like we weren't even sure if this was an accent <laughs> or just a grease fire to the point where we, keep, we didn't even know where to place it. I just it. loved like George Barton and uh, Audrey Hepburn standing to the side going, is he going to do that in the movie? <laughs> as his this is a gag, right? This is like a gag <laughs> reel thing, and he's not really going to do because. Oh. I, I, and at some point, Blake Edwards didn't come in and say, "Mickey, baby, yeah, let's. Uh, you're here. <laughs> yeah, you need to a, take it. You're at Charlie Chan level. Yeah. We need you to take it down just a little bit. Listen, we won World War II already. We don't need to rub it in. <laughs> yeah, we don't. Right, don't be a sore winner. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Michael. So my choice is the character of Ruby Rod, uh, the Chris Tucker character from The Fifth Element. Also. On my list. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, we so for this this episode that we thought, oh, we had completely different takes on it. Yeah. That's two out of the amazing. four. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. That's right. Well, he he plays a, uh, I guess he's a DJ. Radio host. He's a radio. It's, it's good that in the year 2300 or 2400 that radio is still around. Right. Although I guess if he did have a podcast, he would probably be like the Ruby Rodcast. <laughs> you were sitting on that one for a while, weren't you? <laughs> well, I wrote it down. Okay. Um, but he plays like just the most amazing, insane, all over the place, loudmouth, obnoxious. I mean, he's Chris Tucker, but stuffed into like a Jean-Paul Gaultier, uh, you know, leopard print outfit. And his and and his hair is basically a Lego block. <laughs> I read, I read that originally, uh, it was the character was written for Prince, but Prince saw the designs for the character, and Prince said. It's too effeminate. <laughs> <laughs> if it's too effeminate for Prince, he wore chaps on an album cover, I think, yeah. <laughs> with no butts, yeah, no, uh, yeah just buttless chaps. But I, I, lo- I mean, even though he was wildly uh, annoying, uh, I just loved his portrayal of just uh-huh. it was in, it was like nothing I've ever seen on in a movie. See, versus for me, 
<laughs> where uh, not, I think for the first couple of you know, 10 minutes he's in the, the movie, it's great. And then he's in there for the rest of the movie and he's shrieking every time anything happens. <laughs> oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And the, 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 you know, Chris Tucker thing. And Come on, my man. Come on, Dallas. Come on, come on, come on, come on my man. And it just is like, it just completely takes you out of whatever else is happening in the movie. Yeah. In a movie where everything is like over the top and ridiculous, somehow it manages to over like overwhelm everything else that's happening whenever yeah. you hear him. Like a bomb is going off, and all you hear him is screaming. You can't even hear the bomb. When when him in a you know leopard print uh, skin tight outfit is the craziest thing with his voice. When there is a giant blue alien opera singer, right, <laughs> with tentacles coming out of her head, and that's that's kind of like oh yeah, well secondary. Forget about her. Yeah, and I can't think. I can't focus on that. Because Chris Tucker screaming. I think it's interesting that the last two have been comic relief in films with challenging but kind of unformed dramatic journeys for these characters. Sure. In Breakfast at Tiffany's, they're kind of they're kind of two stray cats who are kind of finding each other, and they're trying to find out what this other element is in that movie. Like I, that, I find that interesting. Here is a director. In each case, they've chosen to put this over the top character who's going to. Blow the lid off the 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 dramatic. It's kind of letting the air out of these heavy heavy dramatic scenes, but um, in but they really go too far, and time does not treat them very well. Right, it, it, it's it's a thin line for the comic relief character between I think between being a break from the rest of the movie mm-hmm. versus like overwhelming the movie, mm. and I think in both of those cases, one. I think just for very obvious reasons that it's a horrible racist caricature. Mm-hmm. But then this one, for me, it's just, it's, it's too t- much. It's, it's turned too, up to 12. It's too much Chris Tucker, man. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> the, the, the amount of Chris Tucker I need in my life, he had a really, more than that. He had a really good run in from like 94 to like 97. He could be on the Rushmore of guys who just play the same damn character. Yeah. Over and over again. Yeah, that's a good. Whether it was him, or whether it was this or Jackie Brown. Or um, the Rush Hour movies. Friday. Friday. It's all basically, he's just playing Chris Tucker. That would be a good Rushmore of just of people that have played the same character over and over. And you don't expect you don't expect anything less. Yeah, we discussed that with McConaughey yeah. a couple weeks yeah. ago, I think. McConaughey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, y'all. All right, all right. Here's your AIDS medicine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Michael. Well, I guess the last one, uh, also... An RR instead of Ruby Rod, it's Roger Rabbit. Oh wow! From Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh wow, this is an interesting Whoa, choice. Okay. And okay. Uh, he, you know, he's the lead character of the movie, or like the co-lead with mm-hmm. uh, Bob Hoskins. And he's a cartoon, and he's played as a cartoon, but he has like this weird kind of schizophrenic personality. He's, you know, insane, but he's also really sweet. Mm-hmm. He's kind of frantic and manic and constantly worried but he's a really good guy and a really good friend and wants to please everybody he's like this character that like the normals or whatever normal Mm -hmm. people see and they're just like i can't believe he's married to that girl yeah he's this and you're like annoyed by that aspect right but you're just you're you're, he kind of walks this fine line of being really annoying Mm -hmm. With his, I, I can't do his his the impression of his voice, but 
And then at the same time, he's just like, he's the hero and he's the one that's been betrayed and he's the one that's hurt by this. And, yeah. You know, you know, as the title says, he's been framed mm-hmm. and he's a character that you kind of both emphasize, empathize with, but then also hate at the same time. You're like, I wouldn't mind if a giant piano <laughs> smashed, smashed him on the top of that. I can, right. under, I can understand why, uh, you know, the judge, the judge character wants judge to Doom, kill him. Yeah. Why he wants to just destroy him. Cause like, if all, if he's, all cartoon, really, he's really effing annoying. If all cartoon characters were like him, yeah. I, I think I could get into some, some <laughs> uh, tune genocide. I, I liked how Roger, who was, you know, made whole for, you know, the, the book. I think there was a book before it. Uh, and then Truman Capote wrote it. I, think I believe it was. It was a novella, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I believe Judge Doom was a, a, a Jap- was Japanese man. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd played him with buck teeth. And I mean, the Christopher Lloyd character at the end was pretty effing annoying too. Yeah. When uh, once he pulls off his spoiler alert, mm-hmm. once he pulls off his face <laughs> and he's he's a crazy uh, crazy tune. Right. Underneath that, but I, I liked I liked Roger as a, a very likable yet very annoying character. He's almost like what they wanted to do with uh, Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, star in the first Star Wars in the uh, Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he wasn't likable in any way. No, no. Like they had all the like all the slapstick goofball stuff, right. and then it was just like, "You're stupid." Yeah, would have included him in my list, but I we specifically said good to great. Movies. That's right. That's yeah. not not <laughs> Phantom Menace. No matter what happens, even if Jar Jar is not in there. Well, those are all our choices because we doubled down on a few of them. So that um, is it. He, did you did you want to comment on any anything else? I know we kind of picked Willie and Ruby were both the choices that you guys no, matched on. I don't think we need to talk about anything else. Okay. I mean, there are a lot of stuff we need to talk about, guys. <laughs> guys, we me need to talk. talk to you about a few things with the show, but we'll do that off air. Well, I think you guys did a great job of um, uh, coming to a lot of agreement on something where you didn't even agree on the actual topic, but it was certainly a tour the awful through the cinema and i really respect how far you guys uh, went through your kind of movie history and different genres michael really really all over the place going from singing in the rain kind of a film musical um to sci-fi to animation then you know the uh, um the serial type reboot of temple of doom and richard i love how emotional you got about these characters even to the point where like with um Fabian from Pulp Fiction, I feel like she got under your skin to the point where you couldn't even put your finger on it. Like. <laughs> yeah, I can't quite tell you. By the way, I think it's Fabian. Fabian. Oh, Fabian sorry. would be the old yeah. uh, 50s uh, teen right. idol. That's right. Who I think man, might have done a better job in the movie. <laughs> that would be great if... Uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, Bruce Willis and Fabian Bruce Willis sharing and Fabian. a hotel room together. <laughs> I, I would have watched that. That would have been interesting. Yeah. Okay, but oh, okay. So since you guys split a couple, uh, we're gonna. It looks like it might be even this week, you guys. I hate to put you into another tie, but Michael, I really loved how you went back into film history uh, to pull Lena Lamont and to reveal that sometimes the person and their character are actually in contradiction with each other. So that was really cool. Um, and Mr. Yunioshi was one of probably the most compelling choice of all of these. I had the biggest visceral response to Mr. Yunioshi because I do remember seeing that in a film class and just thinking, what the F? Yeah. This guy's floating like a turd in the punch bowl. <laughs> so that's one and one for each of you. And then you split the other two, Willie Scott and Ruby Road. So that makes us tied for this episode at least. 
this episode, of course, about awful and annoying characters and otherwise good films. Uh, this has been the Mount Rushmore Podcast. I'm Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. Yeah, I hear the echo. I actually it think came, it got worse. It came back. I think it's in the. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll stop and we'll listen. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's. I'll stop. Collaborate. And, <laughs> and listen. then listen. <laughs>